Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. This is Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, and today I am talking football. Going to start off running through the 2023 signing class for the Iowa Hawkeyes football team on the defensive side of the ball. If you go to episode 3.33, you can hear about the offensive class. And then want to do a bowl preview, Iowa versus Kentucky in the Music City Bowl on December 31st. That is coming up quickly. Hard to believe. Another year almost in the books here. Before I get to that, I just want to mention quickly that I did read that Chris Murray and Connor McCaffrey are expected to play for the Hawkeyes against Nebraska on the road in Lincoln. That would be tonight, the 29th, uh, as I'm recording this. So, man, the Hawkeyes desperately need a road Big Ten win. And if they could get one tonight, that would be great against the Cornhuskers. It's going to be a, a sold-out arena. Murray and, and Connor McCaffrey getting back out there, and, and hopefully those guys are really hungry to get a win on the road in the Big Ten. Well, looking at the Hawkeyes on the defensive side of the ball and what they signed, I, I mentioned last week Ontario Thompson just because I think he is really going to be a guy that can step in and compete in the defensive tackle rotation right away. He's 6'2", 295 pounds. Spent a year at Iowa Western Community College where he was just a beast. And, you know, the Hawkeyes are probably going to lose some snaps on the defensive line next year, of course, due to graduation. Likely Noah Shannon, unless he comes back for a sixth year. Uh, John Wagner. And then at that defensive tackle position, I kind of see Lucas Van Ness spending more time at defensive end with John Wagner graduating. He did play quite a bit of defensive end this year. Uh, split time at, at tackle and end. So that's a really exciting one, and I, you look at this defensive line that the Hawkeyes have had for years now, I just want to mention quickly, Kelvin Bell, Jay Neiman just do such a great job of recruiting the defensive line. They get really good players, they get guys that fit in their system, and they send guys to the NFL, and, and that makes more and more guys want to come and play for them. So, you know, last year's class, if you look at 2022, Aaron Graves really look good at times this year, getting penetration into the backfield. And so he's going to have a big year next year, I think, as well. But really, the last two or three classes at both defensive tackle and defensive end were really strong. And, and that's exciting. Uh, you know, that's kind of the foundation of Phil Parker's defense. Well, staying on the defensive line, Chase Brackney, from Inglewood, Colorado. He's a good-looking prospect at defensive end. Already has good size at 6'4", 285 pounds. And then from Norwalk, Iowa, Maddox, Borchardine, Borchardine Johnson. He's a, a defensive tackle, 6'3", about 280 pounds as well. So you got two guys there, about 280 pounds before setting foot on campus and, and getting into that strength and conditioning program. And then finally, Kenny Merriweather from Detroit, you know, Phil Parker has had so much success recruiting in Michigan, developing NFL guys from that Detroit area as well. But he's projected at defensive end, good-looking athlete, 6'3", 245 pounds. And that's it for the defensive line. So two tackles, two defensive ends, and the Hawkeyes feel pretty good about this group. At linebacker, let's start with the two-sport athlete, Ben Keeter from Iowa City, 6'3", 220 pounds. He's a great wrestler, great linebacker. Uh, great football player, just a great overall athlete, but he plans to do both at Iowa. I don't know how you do that. He's going to be 
giving it a shot, and, and he's a really talented guy. So it's going to be fun to watch, see how that pans out. If he does it, he is just going to be a legend in Iowa sports history. He's a three-time state champion wrestling, won the junior freestyle world title as well, and I believe he's going to be heavyweight in wrestling. He looks like he could be great at both. Just seems like a lot for one person to take on, but he has the mentality to do it if anyone does. Also, Aiden Hall, he's listed as an athlete, but I think he's going to grow into the linebacker position. He's a really good athlete at 6'2", 200 pounds from Harlan, Iowa, great track kid. And the rest of the class is in the secondary and some really nice looking players there. Just overall athletes, multi-sport guys. But let's start with Khalil Tate, 6'1", 185 pounds from the Chicago area. He was ranked 12th in the state of Illinois, and just, again, one of those really good athletes, really fast, and he's going to be playing safety at Iowa, I believe. Zach Lutmer from Rock Rapids, Iowa, had offers from, from just teams in the Dakotas until the Hawkeyes offered, and he led his team to a state title, 6'1", 195 pounds. Again, a multi-sport athlete, dual-threat quarterback, really good basketball player, track star, and the Hawkeyes have had a lot of luck with guys like that. You look at guys that, that play multiple sports. Uh, they also like those guys that play quarterback in high school. John Nestor, another safety from Chicago, 6'1", 190 pounds. You know, filling out this class again with these, these really good athletes in the secondary. Nestor played quarterback in high school. Projects to safety, I believe, in college. And finally, Tegan Davis. He's listed at safety as well. He was a do-everything guy in high school, 6'2", 180 pounds from Princeton, Illinois. He got a late offer from the Hawkeyes. I believe he was headed to Eastern Illinois before the Hawkeyes offered. And Matt Bowen was one of the guys championing for him, for the Hawkeyes. And, you know, Matt Bowen was a great safety, played in the NFL, coaches in Illinois. Does a lot of NFL analysis still. And I guess he told the Hawkeyes, you have to go look at this guy. He played quarterback, defensive back. He's another great basketball player and a high jumper. So just an overall great athlete. And it sounds like the Hawkeyes got a diamond in the rough with Deegan. And you wonder if he'll be one of those guys in line for that cash position in a couple of years. You know, Going to be a lot of competition for that role on this Hawkeyes defense. Uh, the players really seem to love to play that cash position. But a pretty good class overall, top 30 from what I've seen from recruiting sources, and the Hawkeyes have strung together a few pretty darn good classes. And you combine that with, you know, the great coaching and development that the Hawkeyes get in Iowa. This is going to be another really solid defense. I would like to see potentially a linebacker in the portal. I know the Hawkeyes have kicked the tires there a little bit, as well as that cornerback, more to build some depth at the cornerback position. But overall, this should be another Really solid defense next year for the Hawkeyes and for several years to come. All right, well, let's switch gears and talk a little bowl prep now. And I'm pretty excited about this game, Iowa versus Kentucky. You know, third string quarterback Joey Labus taking snaps. And that makes me a little bit more excited than if this was the same offense we saw all season. I'm not saying it's going to be better, but it can't really be any worse. And I'm hearing that they're running some RPO plays with Joey Levis, the run pass options. He's a much more mobile quarterback, a guy who can get out of the pocket and move the sticks with his legs if needed. 
probably not going to be pretty all the time, but he's had a few weeks to get ready for this moment. He's athletic and hopefully can make some plays with his arm as well as with his feet. Backing up Labus is freshman Carson May, and then the third and fourth quarterbacks are tight end Sam Laporta, wide receiver Deontay Vines. Let's hope it doesn't come down to that, but I guess they have to be prepared with the lack of depth that they have right now at that quarterback position. You know, this game, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the offensive line. It's, it's kind of been a struggle all year there. Uh, interesting on the two deeps with that offensive line, the left side and center are unchanged. Mason Richmond, Connor Colby uh, at, at tackle and guard, and then Logan Jones at center. On the right side, it's Jennings Dunker. He had some injuries, missed some time later in the season. And then right tackle, Nick DeYoung. And he had been rotating at right guard mostly, but played a lot of tackle last year sharing time with Jack Plum, who has struggled quite a bit throughout his career, but the whole line has struggled the last couple of years. Uh, this past season, a little bit better on that left side, especially as the season went on, and hopefully they're ready to go after a few more weeks to gel uh, and, and hopefully are, are healthy and ready to pave some lanes for Caleb Johnson, the freshman phenom, as well as LaShawn Williams. Johnson really burst onto the scene this year, and looks like he's going to be Quite a weapon. I look for him to have a big game in the Music City Bowl. It also looks like Monty Potabong is healthy again, so good to get him back in that run game, blocking for those guys. And that tight end, just really excited to see Sam Laporta all in for the bowl game, despite the knee scope he had after the Minnesota game. And I expect a big game from him and Luke Lachey. Now, they accounted for so much offensive production this year in the past game, but it would have been easy for Sam Laporta to opt out of this game. And, and I wouldn't have blamed him if he did, but also really excited to see him and some of the other guys talk about this being the last opportunity to play with the guys and, and they really wanted to play in the game. So I think that's just a, a cool story as well. Interesting as well, you know, with the lack of, of depth at wide receiver, will they run some, a lot of two tight end sets? I don't doubt that one bit, but even three tight end sets with Addison Ostranga or even Steven Stilianos getting some snaps. And, you know, Arlen Bruce is in the transfer portal, so they're missing him out there. And Brody Brecht has had a little bit of injury issues again, but he has been, been practicing some. Not sure if we'll see him, but, but hopefully he'll be able to get in there. And then Nico Ragaini. I have been refusing to say Ragaini, and I'm not, still not sure if I said that correctly, but I finally decided I'm going to have to because he announced he's coming back for a six-year. And great news for the Hawkeyes. You know, a guy that can make some plays in the slot next season with Cade McNamara, quarterback. He had 32 catches as Iowa's second-leading receiver in 2023 and over 120 receptions in his Hawkeye career. Well, also out there, along with Ragaini at starter at wide receivers, Deontay Vines, and hoping to see some good things from him. He was injured much of the year, but he looks like a really explosive wide receiver. And we could see some walk-ons. Wide receiver Alec Wick is one of the names to watch. And then, not a walk-on, but possibly even true freshman Jacob Bostic. He encountered some injury issues this year as well. And on the defensive side of the ball, not many surprises in the two deep. Of course, there was one opt-out. Kayvon Merriweather, who's getting ready for the NFL draft. And Sebastian Castro was listed on the two deep as the starting strong safety. I believe he'll move into the cash in those situations. Also interesting to see Dallas Craddath, 
the senior safety listed as the backup at strong safety. Really interesting because he is in the transfer portal, but no ill will on either side there. And he's going to go somewhere for, for more playing time. And, and he's playing through the bowl game. He's made some nice plays on special teams. He's been a good teammate, it sounds like. And, and that's really cool to see, kind of refreshing that, that he's willing to stick it out and play in the, in the bowl game if needed. Cooper DeGene is back after being injured in the Nebraska game. That is huge, of course. And then Xavier Wampa was listed as backup at free safety. Uh, but interesting to see if he gets more snaps in this game with Merriweather out in the most recent practice that the media was in. They mentioned he was practicing with the ones at safety. So it, it appears that he may be playing safety quite a bit, especially when Castro is moved out to cash in certain downs. As far as Kentucky goes, they have seen a lot of players opting out of this game. It's just a new, it's the new landscape of college football. So kind of nice that the Hawkeyes won't have to face Will Levis again this year in the bowl game. He's getting ready for the NFL and opted out. Listed at quarterback is Kaya Sharon or Destin Wade or Deuce Hogan. And it sounds like Deuce is the third option there. If you recall, he transferred from Iowa last year. Walked on at Kentucky, but has since been awarded a scholarship. I think it's going to be the redshirt freshman, Sharon, who started a game when Levis was hurt earlier in the year, but there is some buzz. It could be Nashville native, true freshman Destin Wade, or else maybe even Wade just rotating in some. But like Joey Levis, Wade hasn't thrown a pass this season. Another big opt-out for Kentucky is running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. He had over 900 yards in 2022. You know, Kentucky's offense has struggled this year, and he missed some games early in the season. He had almost 1,400 yards in 2021. And there are a trio of guys that had around 40, 50 carries this year for Kentucky. I expect them to share some snaps against the Hawkeyes, but watch for Cavosi Smoke getting most of the carries based on what he did early in the season when Rodriguez was out injured. Kentucky's offensive line is a question mark, really similar to Iowa's issues there. Both offensive lines really struggled giving up sacks. Iowa ranked 110th, giving up 37 sacks. Kentucky was even worse at 123rd out of 131 teams with a pretty mobile quarterback in Levis as well. But they gave up 42 sacks this season. The line wasn't great at opening holes in the running game. Kentucky ranked 107 in the FBS in rushing yards per game. The Hawkeyes were 122nd. And now just a huge loss with those two guys out. So much production for this team on the offensive side of the ball. Levis, 2,400 yards passing, almost 20 touchdowns. Rodriguez, 900 yards rushing. And that really is the lion's share of Kentucky's offensive production. Kentucky does have a couple of good-looking freshman wide receivers and a senior slot receiver, so they're pretty solid at that position. Bottom line here, Kentucky didn't have a very good offense with Will Levis, Chris Rodriguez, two really good players. They were 107 out of 131 teams in total offense, 336 yards per game. So, you know, where are they going to generate enough offense against the Hawkeyes' great defense? On the defensive side of the ball, senior weak side linebacker DeAndre Square isn't listed on the depth chart. He was a good player for them. Third leading tackler for Kentucky despite missing some time after being injured against Tennessee. So don't expect to see him, and that really helps the Hawkeyes in the run game. 
Cornerback Carrington Valentine opted out of the bowl for the NFL draft. Another big loss, a good tackler from the secondary, leading the team with nine passes defended. Well, Kentucky has a good defense. They're ranked 17th in the NCAA, giving up just 320 yards per game, while the Hawkeyes ranked fourth at 278 yards given up per game. The Hawkeyes are better at generating turnovers, which I believe will be a factor in this game, especially with those young quarterbacks lining up under center. This is going to be a hard-fought game, I believe. You know, Kentucky started the season 4-0. They were in the top 20. Then they lost to Ole Miss, as well as the Gamecocks, before they had a nice win over Mississippi State, and then a loss to Tennessee. They eked one out of, over Mizzou, then a real head-scratcher losing to Vanderbilt. But really played pretty well, especially on the defensive side of the ball against Georgia, but lost 16-6, to and then beat Louisville to end the season. I really like what I'm hearing from Nashville. The RPO plays with Levis, hoping to see a lot of jet sweeps, uh, pre-stamp motion to keep that defense honest. I'm looking for Caleb Johnson to have a big day with 100 yards, a touchdown or two, you know, hoping for some short crossing routes, making it easier for Levis, but also not being afraid to go down the field a few times just to keep that defense honest and see if a guy like Deontay Vines can make a big play in the pass game. Also hoping Labus can extend some plays with his feet, maybe even make some first downs, scrambling out of the pocket. But really interested to see, has the offensive line improved over the last few weeks? And what young players will step up and have a good game? Xavier Wampa, Aaron Graves are a couple to watch for on defense. On offense, a healthy Deontay Vines should get a lot of targets in this game. If healthy, maybe Brody Brecht as well. A big target at six foot four, and maybe someone we haven't really seen much of this year could have a couple of catches and help move this offense forward. Really interested in seeing the offensive line, as I mentioned multiple times, but you know, how will they do in this game against a really good defense? And does it look like guys are really pro progressing, or, or how hard do the Hawkeyes need to hit the transfer portal for offensive linemen in the offseason? And my prediction here is the Hawkeyes win 20-13. to 13. The Iowa defense generates some turnovers. The Hawkeyes are able to run the ball, get enough offensive production to get the win. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. You know, a lot of great football games to watch on the 31st, starting with Iowa versus Kentucky at 11 a.m. Let's hope the Hawkeyes can cap off an up-and-down season with a big win. Well, thanks for listening, and as always, Go Hawks!